Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Each year, the first edition of the AFL record features Ash Brown's top 50 movers and shakers across the footy landscape. It's got even more gravitas this year because Ash is now the editor of the AFL record. Ash, it's great to have you on the program. It's my first chance publicly to say congratulations. Thanks, Jared. Good to be with you. And uh, as the others have been saying, I hope you're having a half-decent time over there. Yes, it, it's some <laughs> sort of experience. Right, I... Um, just refresh us on your criteria. This is your list, and, and it's got lovely, subtle differences to some of the blunt force trauma that gets put out there. <laughs> it's not the 50 most important people in footy. It's the people, the top 50 people who are shaping the game in different ways, and it's the way it's played, the way we watch it, the way it's run. Uh, people are adding a bit of fun and a bit of levity to the game. I think that's really important. And also recognise rising stars, people who are starting to make, you know, in the industry, people you're starting to hear a bit of a buzz about. So it, it's not that, otherwise it would just be 18 coaches and 18 club presidents, yes. I guess, and the commissioners. But it's really trying to paint a broad brush of what's going on in the game at the moment on and off the field. How broadly do you canvas these days for, for input? Less than I used to, but uh, yes. it's, it's really it's 12 months of observation. You know, you, over the course of the season, you know, hanging out at the footy and talking to people in the industry, you, you get an understanding of people who are doing really good uh, things in the game. And then sort of at the end of the year, I just sort of sit quietly and distill it all and come up, come up with a list. I'll bounce it off a few people in the industry who, whose uh, wisdom I, I trust and value just to make sure I'm getting things right. And, and then we go ahead and publish. It is a live list, that, and that's one of the curses to it, uh, is what it might have been one week. It then uh, gets a little shaken around the next. So from the moment you went to print, if you could have another go at it, what, where are the two? Or who's, who's front of mind who you would love to have thrust forward? Well, literally, Jared, about an hour after this went to the printer, we got the news that Simon Lethleen had been replaced as a chief executive of St Kilda at more or less, as we know, at the behest of the coach of the club, Ross Lyons. So I think the way Ross Lyon has reshaped St Kilda in his image and what he wants, he probably, if I was doing the list now, it was a live list, Ross would be on it. And I suspect with a bullet, because what he's done at St Kilda is quite remarkable, I think. So, yeah, that would be the oversight now. And another line, I think, uh, Gary Lyon might get, you know, the article in The Ringer yesterday, if you can get yourself quoted in The Ringer uh, by your, your friend and someone I know, Brian Curtis, uh, for the Tony Romo article, I think Gary's uh, walking uh, in the, the, the power corridors as well at the moment. But they're probably the two, if I was doing it again, might get a run. His, his reach grows. <laughs> all right. Um, we, we're not going to count all the way out because no. we won't do total spoilers. But I'm always, who's at 50? 
Well, at 50, as I turn the page, I've got Tom Morris at 50 because I think Tom, I mean, the, the TV news battleground is going to be really hard for it. Channel 7's had it to itself the last few years and Tom Morris has been paid. Uh, Channel 9 has come in with a big brief to shake it up and it's fascinating. If you're into that sort of stuff, the, the nightly 6 o'clock news battles have already started and they put him on live from the first day of the Australian Open, Tom Morris, as their footy guy, breaking footy news. So the battle between him and Mitch Cleary in particular is going to be very fierce this year. So I thought Tom... And it's also a, a, a story Tom has you know, repatriated himself his, his image took a, a battering a couple of years ago and he's worked really hard to, to get himself going again, which I quite admire, and he deserves his second chance. All right, about 25% of the lister are newbies. Tell me, at 39, who is Matthew Chun? Well, Matthew Chun works for the AFL. He's got the, the almost a property portfolio, and that's really important. So that's Marvel Stadium. He's going to work, although, and again, as I wrote this, Jared, it looked like the Gabba was going to be redeveloped and the Lions would have a place in that. That might not be the case now, but there's going to be Tasmania as well. So he'll be very heavily involved in that. And, and the AFL, it's to the envy, I know, of the NRL, which has been trying ever since to get into the property game. The AFL has a, a healthy property portfolio and that's a big part of the income that underpins the game. So that's why I put him in. How high did the Tasmanian president, Grant O'Brien, go as he landed in the teens? Yeah, Grant O'Brien comes in at number 16 and, from all reports, is doing a wonderful job in putting that team together. We're expecting some announcements on, on colours and nicknames and what have you very soon, but really highly rated already for what he has brought uh, the Tasmanian presence into the AFL. I think we'll be hearing a lot more from him as a front person uh, before long. And the concussion portfolio is one of the most delicate. And at the AFL, uh, you're slated at 14 if you're, yeah. if you're juggling this hot potato. Yeah, Michael McDesey, and he's you know, he was formerly the doctor at Hawthorne for a long time. He's, he runs that for the AFL. Um, it is such a critical part of the game going forward. It's going to be one of the most influential people in footy going forward because it is the issue that it's hovering over the game and will be for a considerable period. And the Brownlow medalist found, well, the dual Brownlow medalist now, he found his place in there at 12. Yeah, like if you win two Brownlows, you're great at the game, aren't you? You're modern-day great. Um, Lockie Neal, all that's missing is the premiership, but I think if, you, uh, if you've won two Brownlows now, you certainly deserve to be uh, in, in, one of the, the major players in the game um, and figuring very prominently on the list. The power of a Collingwood premiership is pretty clear high up. So at seven is Craig Kelly, the chief executive, and at 11 is the coach, Craig McRae, and he is the highest ranked of your coaches. Yeah, I could have put a lot of Collingwood people in this year. They've become such a, a big force in the game. But I think Craig Kelly, they're just starting at Collingwood. We're going to explore this a bit further in the first few weeks of the season, the record as well. They're just getting started, Collingwood, with some of their aspirations. And, and Craig Kelly, who's such a... You know, he's worked with TLA and player management over the years. He's the perfect person to be the figurehead of a club with huge ambition. So that's why he gets in so highly. He was going to be the president, but he decided to be the chief executive instead. And Craig McRae, you know him well, he's just changed the, the shape, the, the coaching landscape with his approach to the game and to win a premiership after two years at the biggest club. And, and, and his grand final story about the birth of his daughter and the missing shoes is just fantastic. We'll be telling that story for a very long time. The next coach is at 27. Now, Damien Hardwick would have been in this list at various stages. He had bowed out as Richmond sort of petered away, but here he is on the move, and he's on the move at 27. Well, he's the figurehead for the game now in South East Queensland. It's such an important mark of the AFL. In the 13 years of no finals for the Suns. He's going to be running the, this club. He's going to be running the, promoting the game heavily in that area. Just so fascinated to see what he does with the Suns this year. And, you know, again, subsequent to... 
to write in this piece, it's been clear that they want to make finals this year, so all sorts of pressure on him to for club and code in on the Gold Coast. It's well, interesting it's also, Jeb, you've got Des Hasler in that market as well this year. The Gold Coast, if you know, if I was a different stage of life, you'd go up there and write a book for the, that Gold Coast sport this year, wouldn't you? Just the Hardwick and Hasler going head to head with the Titans and the Suns. This is this is it, isn't it? Really, is for all that the Gold Coast has seen in sport and it's never quite panned out is having those two figureheads at this time with the codes um, it's, it, there's there's not only the rise of the of the area in sport but then you've got the the cross codes competitiveness as well yeah to be the first of those two teams to, to win a, a premiership or a, in their in their code would be enormous so there's a lot of pressure just a, a fascinating story all year those two what did you think of their their three-year timeline uh I think, well, they've got the ability now, haven't they? So um, they could do it if they've got the right coach. There's so much talent there. A couple of little things they still need to work out with a couple of players, but the talent's undeniable. So if anyone can do it uh, up there, hard we can. And it would be wonderful. If you're barrack for footy, you want it to happen. If, you, if, <laughs> if your first love is the footy ahead of your club, you would wish the Gold Coast Suns every bit of success. You've got three other coaches in the list. Chris Scott at 31, John Longmire at 40, and Michael Voss at 42. Well... Uh, Scott and Longmire get in every year for, you know, I talk about them most years. I mean, their seniority in the game, their, uh, the impact they have, you know, the, the AFL takes their counsel. But I put Michael Voss in there because he stared down, didn't he? What, what, you took the call, the talkback callers last year on your, on your Monday calls. Carlton supporters, middle of last season, were ready. They were apoplectic. And Michael Voss stared them down, stared down the powerful forces that operate within Carlton, the people who lurk in the shadows that football club and have for a very long time and he led that club to within a game of a grand final in a, a mighty coaching performance and now we've got people saying that they're outright premiership favourites but I thought such a key performance and people love Vossi love falling in behind him he's a leader of men um, and I thought worthy of putting on the list this year for the work he's done in, in turning that club around because he single-handedly in my opinion he drove that turnaround Chris Scott and John Longmire are perennials at 32 is Craig Stasevich who uh, for as long as he's been the coach of the AFLW Lions team, uh, has done such a stellar job, and it's due recognition as uh, the premiership coach again. He's built. They've built the best football club in, in, in an expansion state. The best AFLW club uh, team is the Lions. They contend every year. They get pillaged just about every season with talent leaving to come to Victoria, uh, and they present every year. And last year's premiership was an absolute tribute to the the work he's done. So he has to make this list and will be, I think, for a considerable period of time. They're just a great club. How did you measure Daisy Pierce's influence right now as she takes a coaching job over in Perth? Well, she's an enormous figure in the women's game and then to be pretty much plucked out from one year of coaching, uh, one year of Geelong coaching staff to, to come to West Coast and basically she'll be the figurehead for that club and West Coast is so powerful, they're struggling in a lot of ways. It was really an enormous appointment. It's probably Trevor Nisbet's last big... Um, win as, as the chief executive before being replaced by Don Pike was to convince Daisy to come across. Um, they're a sleeping giant, men's and women's Daisy, and I think she'll get the best out of that program pretty quickly. Who's the most influential player in the game? Is it still the president? Yeah, it's still the president. I mean, he's... Uh, it's, 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 it's fascinating to see him sort of vacillate between being the AFLPA president and then Geelong captain, and some interesting comments this week about you know co- focusing on what he wants to achieve at Geelong. But he's a guy, you know, he, I don't know how long he's got to go. I suspect maybe two more seasons we might get. And the world is his oyster after. He can, he'll be able to do whatever he likes in life and in footy if he so chooses. And he's such an impressive person for what he's done on and off the field, Patrick Dangerfield. And uh, 
not a lot gets done in the game without him uh, being across it. So uh, Dangerfield sits in the... Um, number five. Number five. Lockie Neal's at 12. Uh, who are your other prominent players? And I love the fact that there's a newbie here, the reach of Nick Dacos so quickly. Then Nick Dacos gets in, Toby Green gets in. The thing about Nick Dacos, he will be he will end his career being the, the highest-paid player in the game's history. He's a superstar after two years. Um, look at Collingwood last year. They struggled when he didn't play, came back in the finals, and they go ahead and win the premiership. He'll be able to do whatever he likes in the game. You'd think there's multiple premierships, a, brown lo- a couple of Brownlows uh, in his future. Uh, I can't imagine this list will go around. Uh, he'll be on this list for a considerable period, I think, as well. And Toby Green is now the... Probably the playing figurehead, don't you think, Jared, of football in New South Wales? I mean, I know he plays for the Giants, who are low profile, but he's he's his last couple of years have been incredible. The captain of the, uh, you know, voted as the best captain in the competition last year, and, and rightfully so, carries that team to shoulder. They could win the flag this year, and he, suddenly everyone loves Toby Toby Green. Yes, yes, it is that that was the the movement towards the end of last season for sure. How influential might Andrew Ireland prove as he takes his place on the commission, Nash? I think he'll be really powerful, Jared, because I think the commission was crying out for two... Uh, they're crying out for some club knowledge and they're crying out for some real sort of IP from the northern states. Well, he ticks both those boxes. Um, I, and there's every chance to be the next chairman as well, I think. I thought for a long time... There was a talk that they were trying to get Linda Dessau back onto the commission to possibly be the chairperson. But I think now that's been uh, given the kibosh. But I think Andrew Island is on the fast track now to being the next chairman of the AFL. I don't know of a person in the game who doesn't have anything other than major respect for him. So I think he'd be a wonderful choice. And, uh, you know, I've, I've written about this. Richard Gord is, uh, I don't think succession planning is Richard Gord's greatest strength as AFL Commission Chairman. So it'd be good to see some visibility from him going forward. And I think the, if, if you connect the dots, I think Andrew Island might be on the fast track to be his replacement. Has Kane retained his place as uh, the man who provides the most that everyone else has to talk about? Yeah, of course Kane gets in. He is... Um, I mean, I look, I mean, I, I appear with him on the radio weekly, so perhaps I'm a little bit biased, but I think he's, uh, he's, he's such a dynamic media performance. He, you know, he, yes, he's plenty of hot takes, but I think there's research and there's thought that goes into it. He's so reactive. I mean, how many newspaper... Head, how many other headlines across multiple media outlets are spawned by something Kane has to say? on his various platforms. And, you know, it takes a bit of work to be fresh on radio, TV, online, newspapers. He does, he does a lot. He's really the, the media performer for the 21st century. He's every bit of that. Uh, so, hang on, uh, he was 23 last year. He climbs to 20 this year. I did rather like pundit. <laughs> that, that I couldn't think of what else to do. I space to put everything else in, really. <laughs> no, it's a, some of it can't be printed. Stirrer, <laughs> chief stirrer, pot stirrer, uh, and, yes. <laughs> and the other versions of that. Yes. All right, so let's do the, the top five. You've done Dangerfield at five. Who comes in at four? Kylie Rogers, the AFL. She's... Um, she could have been a chief executive of Hawthorne, I suspect, had she really wanted to uh, have that job. But she's staying with the AFL. So much runs through her office now, the AFL. Basically, whatever they, money they make from their various deals comes through her office. You know, like half a million dollars a year, something like that, uh, she's responsible for, hugely regarded in the game. And I think, you know, as I said, she's, she, did, she missed out on the chief executive role of the AFL this time, but I think she's in the, already in the frame t- to be you know, the, the next chief executive of the league. Uh, she could have done a lot of things in a lot of sports, but she's remained loyal to the AFL. So Kylie Rogers at four. Who's at three? Three is Laura Kane. Um, if there's a theme to this year's moves and shapers, Jared, it's that the focus on football, and I want to sort of remember that old Richmond group that tried to take over <laughs> a few years ago, but 
I think, and I think you might agree with me, they neglected their core business a bit the last couple of years, the AFL. The core business of the game is football, and I think Laura Kane has overseen that. A great appointment, super impressive to date. Um, with some major appointment that she's brought in as well, I think there were a lot of areas of the game. League last year was successful and it was a brilliant season in spite of itself at times. So I think she's going to come in with a mandate to, to, to get footy 100% right. Without footy, without the competition we see on, a, on the weekend, there, there's no AFL. So it's a, it's a wide brief, but uh, given what she has to do and what she's done already, I think she, she's up there with a bullet at number three. Laura Kane's at three. Two. Paul Marsh uh, delivered a brilliant CBA. The players are equal partners in the fate of the game now. Um, he's delivered two CBAs. I've said this many times. He, he's, he's, he's a union man, really, with all that comes with that. He's got zero interest, to the best of my knowledge, of unlike some of his predecessors, of going to work for a club or going to work for the AFL. He just does what he does really well. I, I, when I, I haven't done the research thoroughly, Jared. I don't know what you think, but he'd be one of the best sports union officials, I think, in the world. I think he would stand alongside uh, play, European soccer, the NFL, NBA, those sorts of sports. I think he's, maybe that's maybe that's his next step because uh, you know he's 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 done two CBAs here. Does he have the appetite for a third? Maybe I know he's already working on it, but uh, he's just incredibly uh, impressive figure in the game. Yeah, to have done the two national sports, cricket and footy already. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and just having done the the CBA, his influence is undeniable. And number one must be the AFL chief executive. Yeah, Andrew Dillon. Look, I'm, he gets the he gets the job. Whoever he's holding that role gets it every year, so there's no surprise, no real science behind it, other than the fact that it's the biggest job in the game. Can't wait to see how it goes. I mean, he's made some key appointments. I don't think he's going to be as gregarious as Gil was. He's not going to go on your show and match trade barbs with you and Robbo to the same level, but I think he's, you know, he's a great football person. He's one of us. Jerry's a fan of the game, grew up in the game. He's coached, he's played. Um, he's got the strong legal background, which you're going to need. We talked about areas like concussion, for example. They're going to need a really strong legal background, I think, to see the AFL through the next few years. So he gets the, the, the nod at number one and uh, can't wait to see what he does, uh, does with the job as we get close to the season. What, what sort of early impression has he created for you? Well, I, think it's, I think it's more that almost by the appointments that have been made. I mean, there's been no sort of football as such. Um, but I'm interested to see just how, how he deals with crises and, and uh, that they come up from, you know, almost every week there's some sort of event in football that needs a sign-off from the, from the chief executive. He's got to get involved. So I'm, I'm, I think deliberately he's taken a bit of a back seat, just let things unfold, let some of you, you know, put the team in place. Now let's see how that team functions. That's how I'll be uh, judging to see how, how the team goes. Who, who's your favourite quirk in there? So I love the fact that you put Swamp in last year, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was hugely enjoyable. I like that you've put A.D. Brown, yes. who is the, the brains behind the front bar and also behind the test. So uh, his body of work is great. Who, who, who's your little quirky? Well, I put, in Swamp in, I put Swamp in for two reasons. Firstly, his, his knowledge and his ability to find morsels during a game are quite incredible. But I do know, and the reason I put him in for this year is the AFL is about to... He's, at the, he's, he's very central to plans by the AFL to create a database of football that will be accessible to everybody in the game, not just media or people in the game, but fans. We, I think it will come through... I suspect it's going to come through AFL.com at some stage. A way that the, the ultimate argument settlement will be available online. I know there's AFL tables that so many people use, but they're going to take a lot of that, enhance on that, and uh, build a database that will... If you love the game, you will refer to countless times 
over the course of a week. I know he's really involved in that swamp, so that's why I figure, in addition to the fact that he's just a, a genius when it comes to stats and facts and figures, he's going to be uh, he's going to build something that's going to be a really important uh, a legacy piece for the game. And a great piece of force, a great piece of foresight from you. You had Mon Conti in the list last year, yes. and then you got your big dividend this year. Yes, uh, well, she's the best player of the game, isn't she? She takes games apart. I mean, if you're leading the AFLW best and first, you can't lose with three rounds to go of a ten-game season. That suggests you had a pretty good season, I think, Jared. So uh, she, she's a dominant play, women's player in the game. Looking for who's the next sort of Daisy Pierce or Erin Phillips. I don't think she's it now. Uh, you've put a pretty good list together there, Ash. Terrific stuff. So it's there to dissect, it's there to delve into, and it's there to debate. And well done. It's Thank there you. Today, and where do Jared? we get it? It's on sale from today. Coles, Woolies, Newsagents, nine ninety five, or get one through aflrecord.com.au. And does this have all the team lists in them for the, for the first fa- time as we look to the yes, season? This is our fantasy edition as well. So shout out to the traders who've done a, a mountain of work. If you play AFL Fantasy, this is the definitive guide to all players, their rankings, their prices, how to pick your teams across the different types of competition. It's, it's, it gives you everything you need to know. So, uh, And a great, also a really good piece on Tasmania and the Tasmanian draftees we've put in as well as we get closer to the season. Good stuff, Ash. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Jerry. Enjoy it over there. I will. Ash Brown, the editor of the AFL Record. You'll have your thoughts 0433 98 11 16 and you can call 1300 736 736. Melbourne's weather mostly sunny, a top of 22 for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs.